Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to the place. Sheesh. You weren't kidding. It's a dump. I grumbled, listening to my boss's screeching voice in my ear. The building wasn't too shabby in itself, but it was surrounded by burnt debris from the collapsed upper two floors, leaving five floors to inspect. Being a building condemner wasn't a bad job, except for the occasional hoarder who needed a wake-up call, but the pay was good for the amount of work involved. I ended the call when my boss was done rambling and picked my way through the rubble to get to the entrance of the building. I pulled out my LED flashlight and shone it around the first room. There wasn't anything in the building, and there were plenty of windows, but the dirt and grime caused only filtered light to come in, making the building seem a lot darker. My steel-toed boots thumped across the concrete floor as I shone the light down the hallway to the big building. And boss said it used to be a hospital. I'm not sure what kind of hospital, but... It was a place of death, nonetheless. I went down to the first hallway and peered into the many rooms, finding each one to have only a few mutilated hospital beds or completely empty. The building seemed quite sound to me. I had no idea why it was up for condemning. Going back to the main room, I took the stairs up, ignoring the elevator knowing it wouldn't work. The second and third floors were clear just as the first one. But, as I began to ascend the stairs to the fourth and final floor, I heard something. It was odd. It was metal clanging together and scraping on concrete. It was faint at first, only getting fainter as I stood there, quietly, listening. When the noise stopped completely, I went up the stairs, noting the broken pieces of roof on this floor being the last complete floor I would have to check. My flashlight uncovered nothing of real importance. That is, until I checked behind a desk. Behind the half-circled desk were three mattresses pushed together and several boxes of canned food. There was also a hot plate and a backpack full of clothes. People were living here. Hello? I called, looking around. Is anyone here? still nothing. Listen, this building is going to be torn down. If you can hear me, I suggest you leave soon. And at this point, the whole building got cold, the very air turning frigid. I shivered and looked around. The sun was still out shining. So why did the building get so cold? I looked around in a big circle before walking down the hallway to check the other rooms. The first three rooms had been devoid of their mattresses and the other rooms. Well, they were difficult to explain. There were bones. Lots of bones. I was unsure if they were animal or human bones, but I didn't want to check. Whatever was leaving these was apparently eating whatever creature they belonged to. The bones were riddled with teeth and bite marks almost as if a dog had been gnawing on them for too long. I swallowed thickly and turned into the last room, expecting to see more bones. But I froze. In the corner, there was a person, concealed by baggy dark brown cargo pants, black boots, and a thick black hoodie with the hood up. I couldn't see the person's face or 
even if they were alive. I opened my mouth to see if it was okay when it jerked its head up and looked at me. Wild green eyes with slitted pupils stared up at me. The rest of this, well, I want to say it's a woman's face. It was covered by a plaid purple and black scarf. She didn't move, but I could tell she was poised, coiled, ready to strike out at any second, like a cornered beast or an angered animal. I opened my mouth to speak again, only to be shocked and frightened. A blood-chilling growl, not one of those fake growls people do to imitate an animal, but a literal, angry animal growl peeled through the air, making my hair stand on end. I backed up a few steps as the woman rolled onto the balls of her feet and rested her weight on the tips of her fingers, and her eyes never left me watching carefully, and her head tilting directions as if to get a better look at me. When she froze, I took another step back, and then she lunged. Now, I was by no means slow, even less now that I was filled with adrenaline. But as I turned and bolted for the stairs, I could hear this woman running behind me the entire time. I rounded the stairwell to get to the third floor, when, and I was very shocked by this, that woman jumped over the railing and landed several stairs in front of me. That jump was at least 12 feet down, and she didn't even flinch as she turned to stare at me again. I backed up onto the landing as she advanced towards me slowly, and I steeled myself now. It was just some crazy lady. She probably isn't even that strong. Hell, I thought I could take her. When the woman lunged up the stairs again, I was ready to meet her. She certainly did pack a fierce punch. Her weight made me stagger and her claw-like fingernails dug into the skin on my neck. After staggering, I grabbed a hold of her shoulders and shoved her roughly away from me. I could see the wild green eyes widen in a bit of shock as she ended up stumbling and falling down the flight of stairs hitting the old metal railing, which broke under the force of her hit. As she fell off the landing, I stared in shock. I ran down to the broken landing railing and looked down. Two stories below, the woman lay unmoving and face down. I didn't know whether she was hurt or dead, but I certainly wasn't going to check. And then I raced down the stairs and out of the building, running to my service truck. I reached for my keys and, well, my keys. I patted all over my pockets and looked in the windows of my truck, not seeing my keys anywhere. And I remember hearing them as I was running away from that woman. But I looked back at the building and gulped. I tried to call my boss to explain what had happened. But my phone had died while I was in the building, searching for a signal. I sat outside the building for hours, trying to convince myself it was okay to go back inside. But the woman was probably dead and I had no reason to fear. But deep in my gut, I knew that building wasn't safe. But I really needed my keys to leave. I could break into the truck, 
but not my house or my safe or the extra keys for my kids' diaries. The building was quiet, a bit darker since the sun had started setting, but I waved my flashlight around looking for any signs of my dropped keys, and that's when I pointed the flashlight towards the stairs, and I went pale, my knees trembling. The woman's body wasn't there anymore. Oh shit, I breathed, looking around for any trace of her. There was none. I froze as I heard chains rattling together again, closer than they were before, but they quickly stopped. I was on my way towards the stairs when a subtle dinging got my attention. The elevator. It's the door opening and the light on inside of it. There on the floor of the elevator sat my keys. Now, there was some part of me that just knew it was a trap. And I had tried to find some object I could use to reach in and get my keys with, but to no avail. I would have to go in and get them myself, and endure whatever torment would befall me. I walked to the elevator, its doors patiently waiting to accept me with open arms. I slowly and quietly entered the red carpeted elevator. The second I touched my keys, the doors began to shut and like a fool I tried to outpace them, only to have my first two fingers on my left hand shut in the door. I yelled out in pain as I felt the bones crack and break, possibly even shattering, almost drowning out the noise of the elevator moving up. And how this thing was working? I had no idea. The shaft was damaged in the fire, this thing should have been in the basement, broken into pieces. I groaned as the elevator lurched to a stop and the light went out, and for several moments I was enveloped in cold darkness. My hand throbbed, sending aching pains up my arm and into my shoulder as I stood there with my hand clamped in the vice of the elevator doors. After a few more moments of the dark, I pulled out my flashlight and turned it on. Oh God, this woman, this thing, dressed in all white from her head to her feet, she stared. Her eyes were all black except for a thin white slit, which I supposed was her pupil. Her skin, bleach white. Her clothes, bleach white. Her hair was bleach white, but... Her hair. Oh god, her hair. I could tell that the roots of the woman's hair were also bleached white. But her hair was completely and utterly soaked in wet crimson blood. I could hear it dripping, forming puddles on the elevator floor. For some reason, and I didn't question why, the blood didn't stick to her skin or clothes just her hair. I stared at her appearance utterly shocked by what I saw. Her blood-soaked hair was long and went down to her waist, and chains hung off of her jacket and pants, giving her a very weighed-down look. And under her right eye, there was a tattoo of the number 15. And if I looked closer, I saw that I could just make out the details of the wall behind her. 
She was transparent like a ghost. The light turned back on and suddenly the doors began to open, releasing my hand. As the doors opened wide enough for me to get out, the bloodied woman shrieked and flew at me. I fell to the side and scrambled away from her. The woman disappeared as fast as she came. I was on the fifth floor, or the roof now. As the elevator doors shut, it fell, and I heard the metallic crunching noises as it hit the basement floor. I looked around and held my broken fingers. It was dark now. I'd been in that elevator longer than I had thought. I managed to stand up and stagger a few steps, my limbs shaking from being frightened by the woman's appearance. I turned my flashlight on and looked around the roof, freezing as I saw the black hoodie-clad woman again. She was standing, seemingly unhurt. She looked at me, green eyes full of rage as she slowly paced her way to me. I stumbled back, falling onto my backside as I tripped over a chain. The crimson-haired woman rose from the roof underneath me, my feet trapped in a couple of the chains she wielded. I struggled, but to no avail. The animal-like woman kneeled over me, grabbing me up by the collar and lifting my torso with an amazing strength. She stared at me in the face for several seconds, and I'm sure I was almost as white as her bloody companion. We stood there watching silently. The hidden face of the green-eyed woman was revealed as she pulled her scarf down. A strange-looking nose and mouth on a small muzzle of sorts was hidden underneath. She peeled her lips back, showing the fangs of a wolf, growled menacingly again. No, I'm pretty sure I pissed myself, but I didn't get the chance to realize it because she was biting my throat twisting and tearing the flesh until it ripped free from my body. I emitted a few gurgling noises before I passed out, bleeding to death shortly after. The woman drove up in her Mercedes, grumbling about foolish men. Jimmy had gone missing a week ago, last heard from from this property. She saw his truck when she stopped at the building and stepped out of her car. The truck held nothing special, but the building caught her attention. Written above the door in what looked like blood was, Don't come back. The second stroke of the K trailing up into an arrow that pointed at. The woman screamed loudly and ran to her still running car, trailing dust and gravel as she raced away from the scene. The bloodied woman watched from the roof before fading in through the floor to the small sanctuary they had made from the old abandoned hospital. The wolf woman lay curled under the desk on a pile of blankets as they hid from the world. Two outcasts protecting what had become theirs. Jimmy? Well, the arrow was pointing at him. It was hung from the roof by a chain that held his wrists together done by the bloodied woman, or, as some people call them, poltergeists, putting on display the half-eaten body of the man who intruded and threatened their place. His throat was torn out, of course. I mean, you remember that. The wolf woman, or as she liked to be called, animal, had ripped out his entrails, leaving some hanging. 
she had stripped the majority of the skin and muscle off of his torso, leaving bloodied ribs to bleach in the sun. The authorities arrived later, and they couldn't find any trace of animal or poltergeist. They took Jimmy's body, and a week later, the case was closed, having no evidence or clues of what had happened. <laughs>